Welcome to Femtech Focus with Dr. Brittany Barreto, exploring the past, present, and future of women's health and wellness. Welcome to the Femtech Focus podcast, where we have meaningful and provocative conversations with femtech experts. These academics, doctors, and innovators tell us about the past, present, and future of women's health and wellness. In today's episode, I interview Gabriella Gerhardt, CEO and founder of the Motherhood Center. The Motherhood Center is what I call the Motherhood Super Center. It is a retail location here in Houston, Texas. It's been around for almost 20 years, and it is being run by Gabby, and it is just this pillar of you know support for moms and their partners in the city of Houston. And something that we talk about is why doesn't every major city have a motherhood center? The motherhood center is uh, an inspiration for Gabby based on her experience being a baby doula, helping moms in their homes and their partners after giving birth to a baby. Because there are so many questions that moms have after giving birth and then they get sent home after two days in the hospital. And so the Motherhood Center uh, provides doulas. And if you don't know what a doula is, no worries. We actually define it because I did not exactly know what it was. So we talk about that. And, you know, I was really inspired by Gabby's, you know, outreach to not just moms, but their partners, too, and involving the partners in different types of lactation consultations and childbirth care and, you know, pre and post birth, you know, education. They also offer massages, not just for the mom, but for babies, too. We talk about baby yoga. I definitely thought it was babies doing downward dog. Turns out it's not. You'll hear what baby yoga is. Um, and my favorite part of this episode is talking about birthing in a hospital versus a birthing center. I personally did not know what a birthing center was. So Gabby tells us all about what a birthing center is and what are the issues she sees in the hospital birthing delivery room. It is absolutely fascinating and definitely gives us an idea on what still needs innovating in femtech um, because apparently everything needs innovating, but the delivery room really needs attention. I think you're going to love this episode. Enjoy. Gabby, it's been a few weeks since I've seen you. Yeah, it's been uh, crazy the last few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's uh, when uh, the South by Southwest uh, was uh, was canceled, I think was one of the, the last uh, touches we had as a, as a female entrepreneurs. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah, we were meeting so, yeah. at um, Sesh Coworking talking about that Super Bowl ad that didn't go through because it showed too graphic of a scene of a woman mm-hmm. post post giving birth. Yeah, yeah, it was the the Freedom Mom products. Yeah, uh, Freedom and, Mom. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and, uh, kind yeah. of the 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 real world um, of of mommyhood. Um, yeah, so, yeah. You know, I actually <laughs> still had our. We were going to do that panel where we brought in like marketing people to talk about why is there barriers to advertising women's health and in marketing. I actually still had it on my calendar. Um, I think it was supposed to be last week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It popped up on my calendar too. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I don't think we are meeting. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, I think that was canceled about a month ago. Um, yeah. Wow. Well, um, I know when uh, we were first meeting to discuss that panel, I was really interested in the work that you're doing, Gabby. So I am so excited to have you on the podcast today to tell our listeners what 
what you're up to. So let's start with your background. What what's your what's your background? How'd you get into women's health and wellness? Sure. Um, so um, uh, my my journey, I guess, uh, started back uh, in uh, Czech Republic. That's where I'm from. I'm in the. Uh, I grew up in a small uh, mountain village um, uh, called uh, Jablunkov, and um, and really just uh, I was the big big sister to my little sister, and I was uh, four years old when my uh, sister was born, and uh, so I became the the little mommy uh, mm-hmm. for, for her, and uh, and it really it's um, I think it just kind of a um, instinctively um, you know. I guess I'm just kind of a nurturer and uh, mm-hmm. and, and a caring person, and uh, and so uh, one of the first uh, role plays my sister and I were doing, um, I was the pregnant one, so I would <laughs> stuff my pillow, my uh, my belly with a pillow, and uh-huh. I put a scarf around my head, and uh, you know, and I was just kind of walking around, wobbling, uh-huh. um, and uh, <laughs> and so I was the I was playing the the pregnant one, and um, and fast forward when I had to kind of decide what I'm going to do when I grow up, uh-huh. um, I wanted to be a pediatric nurse and um and so that really kind of how the the journey started and um back in the czech republic um, the education system was a little different so basically at age um 14 15 i had to decide who i wanted to be yeah yeah and um so because i wanted to be a pediatric nurse uh the school was um kind of a far away from uh from my hometown and uh, so I had to uh, go uh, to uh, basically like a boarding school. And uh, so I kind of stepped on my uh, my journey um, as a uh, 15-year-old um, and I started uh, my career as a pediatric nurse. And uh, fast forward um, in my very early 20s, uh, when, uh, when I was uh, uh, offered really a really nice position in my hometown in a private hospital, and I had also uh, kind of a dual uh, degree. I had a degree in a, a physical therapy as well. Mm-hmm. And so when I realized, um, okay, if I'm going to accept this position, uh, it's most likely for the rest of my life. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and so I was like, well, let me let me do something uh, for a year. And uh, so um, I asked the the physician uh, if she would wait for me for a year uh, while I go to America. And uh, learn language and just kind of explore and travel. And uh, so she said yes. Oh, and oh I so, have a feeling. Um, I have <laughs> so a feeling you just didn't go back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so six weeks later, exactly. Six weeks later, uh, I uh, landed in Houston, Texas, uh-huh. and um, and I was a uh, au pair for a family. They had a ten-day-old, five-year-old, seven-year-old, and nine-year-old, all boys. Wow. And uh, so I was, again, uh, the mommy uh, during the day while parents were working. And that's how I kind of got introduced to the American lifestyle and um, mm-hmm. and kind of the realities of living in a big city. And, um, um, and of course, being able to kind of practice my passion because I was taking care of a baby. Yeah. And... Uh, so that's that's how I landed in in the U.S. and, and that's then, how my journey started. Did here. you ever go back? I mean, obviously to visit, but the the trajectory was that you then stayed here at that point. Yeah, uh, what actually happened? Uh, I met my husband when I was here just four months, uh-huh. and um, and yeah, and the rest is history. So we've been married uh, twenty years now, and wow. um, and so yeah, so and that's kind of what what happened is when. Um, uh, my au pair year was over. Uh, the assignment was over, and um, we we got married. And I was trying to figure out what I'm going to do. And uh, my education did not really transfer uh, mm-hmm. to 
uh, to kind of the U.S. Uh, standards or kind of the educational yeah. system. So for me, it would be really just starting all over oh, um, all of my education. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just happened. Um, my husband got a call from a friend of a friend and uh, they said, uh, we just got home with a newborn and have no idea what to do. And we've heard that your wife does. <laughs> and, uh, and so uh, so that's kind of my, that's really kind of how my journey um, of creating the Motherhood Center and, uh, and be- becoming postpartum doula baby nurse uh, started. Uh, it was just really from that phone call. Um, um, I went and helped the family for about, I think, 10 days yeah. and helping them from, you know, teaching the mom how to breastfeed, how to care for their baby, how to understand the baby's needs. Uh, kind of getting the dad, uh, understanding how he can be all kind of involved and, yeah. uh, and participate. And and uh, and so that one assignment led to another assignment, another, another, and um, and, and here we are. Wow, um, you're master baby, you know, <laughs> helper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> ba- baby whisper. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, um, and that's, that's, yeah. So that sounds really intimate for, you know, sounds like strangers to have invited you into their home and like for you showing the mom like breastfeeding techniques and stuff. Um, was it uncomfortable for you at any point or were you just so naturally like into it? And was it uncomfortable for them? Like, did you have to warm up these parents to, you know, listen to you? <laughs> sure. Uh, I mean, and one thing is, too, I was 22 you know uh-huh. when I when I started that career so it's like who is this young kid yeah tell me <laughs> you know but uh but I feel like I'm kind of a little bit of an old soul and you yeah. know and I had the knowledge I had the the confidence yeah and so when I was uh stepping into these parents homes um I mean you know you, you do need to make sure that um that the trust is established mm-hmm. you know of course um and and a lot of times I mean you are there in the middle of the night with the mom who is you know, hormonally falling yeah. apart. Um, now she has a baby, you know, uh, yeah. just uh, millions of questions. And so I was able to be there for them and uh, and, and just really being able to answer the thousands of questions they had yeah. uh, because I did have the knowledge and, and, and the education. But it is definitely, you know, very intimate. And even just with breastfeeding, you kind of brought that up. You know, I mean, the thing is that I learned from early on and, and I practice that throughout our uh, training and coaching of other caregivers that asking the mom for a permission to maybe ask her personal question, Mm. you know, uh, asking her permission to, you know, can I touch your breast, you know, not just like grabbing the baby and grabbing her breast, you know? And so I think it's a, that there's a a right way to do things. And, um, and that's what, that's what I wanted to kind of follow and, and, and do, Oh, I love it. I love it. I think people definitely need to ask for permission to touch a lot more. I um, work out with a a girlfriend of mine and she knows how to use the weights way more than I do. And whenever I'm like, am I doing this right? She always comes up behind me and says, may I touch you? And I'm always like, Mm -hmm. yes, girl. Yes, you may. Mm -hmm. You know, like, Mm -hmm. thank you for asking, you know, and I wonder if these moms aren't asked when they're at the hospital, like maybe the nurses and doctors just kind of jump in there, you know? Mm -hmm. No, and I, and I do think that, and that's kind of where, when they are back at home, you mm-hmm. know, from the hospital or birthing center or, um, um, you know, 
they are so vulnerable and yeah. um and a lot of times kind of their I don't want to say their rights were stripped away, but it's yeah. you know, I mean you're in in very different environment and uh you know your legs are spread spread up and just like you know, wow, you are yeah. for the world. Yeah. And and it's interesting even um when uh like as far as like statistics, I think kind of the the average time uh, of uh, interruptions woman has after delivery in in her room while she's trying to bond with her baby and um, and um, you know nurse. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's like fifty. The inter- average interaction, I think it's fifty six times a day. Wow! Oh my god! You know, gosh. And, and that's on twenty four hour period. So you can see, um, you know, she does not have the sense of privacy, and yeah. um, so when she's in her home, we definitely wanted to make sure that we are respecting her privacy and um, and her home and her wishes. Mm-hmm. And um, but also going, really, uh-huh. but also going from right. fifty six interruptions to zero, right? <laughs> like sure, sure. Mm-hmm. you're all of a sudden like, oh damn, I have no one to ask these questions mm-hmm. to, huh? Yeah, and th- so that's that's really um, you know being there for her emotionally, physically, yeah. um, education-wise, nurturing-wise. Yeah. You know, so it really is kind of a, a kind of a holistic approach. Um, what what do we do? Yeah. So tell us about Motherhood Center. When did you start it, and what do you do? So uh, the Motherhood Center pretty much kind of started uh, pretty early on after I started working as a postpartum doula, baby nurse, uh, night nurse, all these different terms. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started training other women and um, and created uh, my first company, which was uh, Loving Infant Care, which um, mm-hmm. really just kind of quickly uh, merged into, once I opened up the motherhood center, really kind of, um, we did basically kind of just a, a name transfer. And so the motherhood center uh, as a facility um, was created basically in in a year early two thousand. Um, so, our actually this this month is our twentieth uh, anniversary. Wow, uh, awesome! <laughs> so it's very exciting. Uh, and so, um, in addition to the childcare uh, services, what I was providing, and with uh, other team of caregivers, um, I start adding other services like massage um, mm. because. Uh, Kind of from the physical uh, aspect, uh, nurturing the the pregnant body and, and new mom's body. So uh, we start offering prenatal massages, prenatal fitness, mom and baby yoga, and the fitness classes. And it grew to educational programs, childbirth classes, breastfeeding classes, uh, newborn care, CPR, grandparents refresher, oh um, infant massage. And uh, of course, lactation support. Um, yeah. So we have lactation consultants visiting our clients in their home. Um, you know, breast pump rental, and um, and it evolved to uh, creating a storefront as well as a, a retail store. And so we have a retail uh, with all kinds of um, breastfeeding and uh, and mommy and and baby products. Oh my gosh! So it's like a super center. It's a motherhood super center. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. <laughs> yeah. So all under one roof. All the resources all under one roof. Yeah. Oh, and I got to ask, when you said baby yoga, how old are the babies that are doing yoga? Sure. Uh, so um, <laughs> it really, it depends uh, when mom is uh, okay to start exercising. So our babies are literally sometimes even three weeks old. Doing yoga? Uh-huh. Oh my God, what do they <laughs> so do? they're not doing down dog or anything, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, a lot of times they are kind of used as a... Um, a tool weight uh, for for the mommy, but oh. it's it's really the babies are incorporated into the exercise and um, and uh, you know mm-hmm. part of the uh, 
postpartum cl- uh, classes, which yeah. the uh, mom and baby yoga would be, it's just really focusing on mom rega- regaining her strength and regaining her balance and, um, and how to really kind of care for her baby physically yeah, as well. So cool. Yeah, I definitely had some memes flashing through my mind about baby yoga and what that could look <laughs> like. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's just so sweet. It's just a, and it's, it's a really interesting. Um, so when I created the Motherhood Center, I didn't know kind of, you know, what's going to be really happening because yeah. we really just kind of pioneered the industry. There was nothing like that. Yeah. So every piece of the business I had to really kind of create, uh, really starting from scratch, um, you know, developing curriculums for the different classes because there was no nothing like that out there. So you're there. telling me 20 years ago in 2000, there was no resources or material or established programs for helping moms after they give birth. Correct. Um, oh so, uh, and I would, yeah, I know, crazy, right? <laughs> yeah. And uh, and so it really is a uh, twenty years. Uh, I mean, so much happened within uh, within the industry, and yeah. uh, and of course, I feel like pregnancy and mommyhood is m- much more trendier now. Mm. You know, twenty years ago, there was just really nothing, and um, you know, my focus was really on uh, on the professional uh, women. Uh, homemakers and mm. uh, and they could not you know call let's say a wake program for breastfeeding support uh-huh, there was uh-huh. really nothing and of course uh, hospitals would have some some programs but um it's not necessarily you want you don't want to go back to the hospital yeah. you know to to seek out uh, help yeah yeah how many women has the motherhood center served so we have about 30,000 clients wow. uh, we serviced and is it just Houston? Is it like a centralized business or do you have ability to help people outside of Houston? So, um, you know, my dream is really kind of go go nationwide and worldwide with the Motherhood Center. Yes. And, um, through the different services, we've been able to help clients uh, definitely beyond uh, kind of the, the Houston area. Uh-huh. Um, and so we do uh, offer, you know, even like childcare services in other cities. But uh, this is really kind of primarily uh, in Houston, uh, in Houston area. But uh, what was really interesting, what happened, um, you know, obviously through developing the website and uh, and you know just kind of over the years being able to go more um, on social media channels and and obviously kind of our website having mm-hmm. a broad uh, broad reach. You know, we do have clients literally from all over the world wow. reaching out to us. And, um, and of course, now, you know, in, a, in, a, in this uh, COVID situation mm-hmm. uh, we are dealing with, uh, what we had to have, I mean, what really had to happen within the Motherhood Center, because you cannot put pregnancy on hold, uh, yep. you know, and <laughs> so right. all of a sudden, you know, we had to convert a lot of our services uh, online mm-hmm. and um, and a lot of our classes, something what I've been wanting to do for, for a while now, all of a sudden within, you know, days, we had to go virtual and, uh, and really, um, so now if you ask me who we are servicing, is very different story, yeah. you know, than it was two months ago because we have clients uh, on live streams literally from all over the world. Wow! I mean, joining us for newborn like yesterday, we had a uh, our newborn care class, and we have clients from New York, Alabama, uh, you know, California, and yeah. uh, so it's it's been interesting, and the same for our exercise programs. And even now we are offering uh, virtual labor support, you know, what? And so, like I telehealth know. while they labor. 
Yes. Oh yes. my God. And uh, so, you know, so because, uh, you know, moms cannot have uh, more than one partner there or one person yeah. um, in delivery room. And in some instances, you know, they might not have anybody mm. there. And so uh, being able to have the labor coach there with her yes. virtually yes. Is, uh, is pretty phenomenal. Wow. Wow. This is, this is so good. And also I'm like so sad that it's like, mm-hmm. This isn't like everyone's doing it, you know, Um, Mm -hmm, are there. mm -hmm. So we said 20 years ago, there really wasn't any resources. Do you see a lot more resources now? Sure. I think there's definitely um, kind of pieces of um, like, what do we do? Uh Um, You know, different uh, like a pregnancy uh, maybe yoga classes uh-huh. or breastfeeding support. Um, so it's, it's definitely much more uh, kind of a, uh, out there. Yeah. Uh, but I do see that so many of our clients, um, you know, Houston being such a transient city, we do have clients from all over the world. Uh-huh. And uh, uh, so they experience the services and classes here with us at the motherhood center in Houston. And after they, they get transferred to, you know, Miami or Boston mm-hmm. and they call us from there, it's like, so where's the motherhood center here? <gasps> we cannot find it. I'm like, yeah. oh, <laughs> because they, because when they start the services with us, uh, they think that that's what you do. They're you like, oh, every city has a motherhood go, center. Yeah, it's yeah, like the YMCA. You, go, yeah, you get pregnant, <laughs> you go to the motherhood center. That's, yeah. that's how it is. Oh, well, my wish is that every city does end up having a motherhood center. That would be amazing. You, you. you said that you have a lot of, you know, m- people coming in from all these different backgrounds. I mean, you are an immigrant, right? And so are, do you find that there are like cultural differences in like motherhood in terms of like the birthing or like newborn care? And do you cater to that? No, definitely. And that's, that's been really kind of interesting because we might have, let's say we have eight couples in our newborn care class Uh or childbirth class. And, uh, and all of a sudden they say, well, my aunt, you know, in in Finland is telling me I should be doing this, you know, mm. and after that you have mom, you know, another client is like, well, oh, my mom in Mexico is telling me I'm supposed to do this. Yeah. And so, of course, they are delivering in, in Houston, in, in U.S. Yeah. and needing to kind of follow the, the standards and guidelines of the pediatricians and um and uh, childbirth uh, professionals in, in Houston, or not Houston, but really U.S. Yeah. And so there are definitely differences. And uh, and sometimes they really kind of uh, struggle. I would say clients which are coming from um, uh, Denmark, uh-huh. Netherlands, they have uh, one of the hardest times. Really? Because, uh, Why? Yeah, because uh, they are getting... Uh, uh, through their healthcare system, they are getting immediately, uh, basically like a midwife who is following up with them, who oh. does home visits every second day. And, uh, you know, and, and you have somebody visiting you in, in your home. And and so they are signing up with us for our postpartum doula, baby nurse, newborn care specialist services, because that's the closest to what they uh, are experiencing, you know, through their friends. And so they are able to visit them but it's a non-medical, uh, you know, care for, for the moms and, and babies. And probably not covered by the government. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely self-paid. Yeah. Um, yeah. What yeah. is, um, you know, our listeners, I always like to make sure we're defining words to make sure everyone knows the words, right? Um, cause words are important. Vocabulary is important. What is a doula and what's a midwife? Sure. So, um, so doula, it's a really a Greek word, um, and it's a woman helping another woman. Oh. And so as far as doula, you can have a labor doula. So that would be somebody who is really there for you 
during labor. Okay. Uh, and after that, there is postpartum doula, which is uh, someone who is there with you kind of the first few weeks uh, after the baby is born. We kind of changed the name kind of um, us personally to baby doula. Yeah. Uh, because postpartum has kind of a little bit of a negative yeah, connotation. Yeah, you think of it as a and, uh, dis- mm-hmm. yeah, and, condition. And, uh, and so there is also antepartum doula, which can be a doula, which is uh, available for women uh, on the bed rest. Yeah. And uh, crazily enough, now there is a deaf doula as well. And so uh, it can be uh, another uh, person basically okay. kind of guiding uh, 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 people through kind of the later stages of, of life. Got it. So doula is and just a woman helping a woman in a stage of life. And regardless, of, mm-hmm. I always thought doula mm-hmm. had to do a pregnancy. So that's good to know. Mm-hmm. See, I learn and a so, lot on this podcast. I, I frame yeah. the question as if it's for my listeners. It's really for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm, I'm here to answer any questions you might have. And so uh, and a midwife would be a little more kind of closer to the uh, doctor. So a midwife okay. is really a medical professional. Mm. Um, so that's sometimes clients get confused like, oh, well, I'm, you know, I'm, you know, I wanted to hire midwives like, well, it's not just a, you know, midwife is really a, a person who is going to be really the medical professional, okay. um, like a uh, doula cannot deliver the baby. She's really a uh, support, uh, you know, emotional and physical uh, support uh-huh. uh, for the mom. So if a woman has a baby at the hospital, can she also have a midwife or are those like two different things? No, she, she can, but the midwife would be uh, basically uh, on the staff from the mm-hmm. hospital. So some hospitals have uh, midwifery uh, units, uh, part of their uh, offering. So oh. clients can be seen during pregnancy, either midwife or uh, OBGYN. Got it. Um, mm-hmm. This is so interesting. Again, I have so many questions. Do you offer services for miscarriage? I heard one in eight pregnancies can end in miscarriage. Do you Do you service that? So um, yes and no. Um, so we we do kind of uh, when we have clients reaching out to us for uh, for support and guidance, uh-huh. we um, reach out um, you know to our kind of uh, contacts, which are providing more kind of like the emotional mm-hmm. uh, support for moms. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we found, it's a little harder for the moms to come back uh, too early after the yeah. miscarriage to the motherhood center, yeah. because all oh, of a sudden they yeah. are, you know, they are surrounded by babies, by moms, yeah. yeah, and um, and so, but yes, we definitely Got provide uh, that sub- type of a support yeah. as well. That makes sense, and that's that's sensitive to know, like. Mm-hmm. We could potentially put on classes here, but honestly, that's not in the best interest of that woman because mm-hmm. coming here itself is triggering. It's called the motherhood exactly. center. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. Interesting. And, and, you know, and if at some point of, uh, of her life, it's, it might be kind of healing to go through uh, that yeah. as well. But, um, but kind of early on, it might be, like you said, yeah. just a little bit more triggering. Yeah. Where are the dads in all of this? So sometimes I hear you say the word couple. Do you do anything mm-hmm. that is like just the dad show up to it? Yeah, we we do, and um, you know it's it's been really exciting to see um, how many are da- of our dads are are involved, um, and even for breastfeeding class, I would say eighty percent of the breastfeeding classes are attended by the partner, uh, which is really exciting, and um, and uh, yeah. and of course all the other educational classes are pretty much hundred percent attended uh, by the support system, uh, by the partner, by the husband, yeah. by the uh, by the dad yeah. for sure. Can parents go there that have just adopted a baby? Because I'm also trying to think about same-sex couples, you know, getting mm-hmm. support. We definitely have a lot of uh, like a lot of uh, same-sex couples. Um, a lot of clients, I would say, you know, 
percentage wise, it's, um, you know, probably I would say close to maybe even 1% of our clients. And, uh, and so, um, so yeah, definitely support system for that. Mm -hmm. And um, even the adoptive parents, uh, you know, because they have to take classes before they adopt a newborn. Uh So a lot of times we have clients um, in the, let's say the newborn care class and you know, we are like, well, she's not really showing, you know, it's like, are they really early here? Well, they're adopting a newborn. <laughs> so sometimes they don't disclose it right away. And You're like, kind of uh-oh. <laughs> Something's wrong here. <laughs> um, so what is something that you, um, well, let me ask you personally, what's your, uh, what's your go-to? Do you think delivery should happen in a hospital or at home? What's your personal gut feeling? And like, can it, can you kind of, have a discussion with me around the differences and, you know, cause I feel like there's a lot of, you know, especially in the United States, there's this idea of like, if you do it at home, you're type, you're kind of hippie or, you know, you're into that kind of stuff. And so I, I mm-hmm. want to get into that. Tell us about the differences. What do you think? Well, I mean, I think it, it's a, uh, first of all, it needs to be a personal decision, uh-huh. you know, it's, um, and, uh, and it really based on a quality of information, mm-hmm. you know, where, we have clients where they would like to maybe have a, a birthing center delivery, yeah. uh, but their comfort is just not there. And, and uh, mm. the um, kind of in quote, unquote, uh, safety of the hospital feels uh, more kind of a comfortable to them. Yes. You know? um, I do, again, just because I've been in this industry for 20 years now, uh-huh. um, I've seen um, definitely kind of a, a progress um uh, hospitals making definitely more birthing centers available to clients. Mm. I mean, when I started uh, 20 years ago, there was in a, in a Houston, there was really just a one birthing center. What's a birthing center? And so birthing center is uh, basically um, a facility where women uh, go throughout the pregnancy. They are seeing the midwife there. Okay. Uh, so she is their primary caregiver. And after that, they deliver at the birthing center. And uh, okay. so you literally like, um, a lot of them are set up like a living room with oh. a, a bathtub. Oh, and, um, okay. And yeah, and so, some of them just look so so fine. You're like, oh, I totally wanted to just hang out here. So maybe some of the videos <laughs> I've seen on documentaries and stuff that wasn't their hot tub. That was it. Could have been a birthing center hot tub. It it could be, and uh, oh. you can also actually rent a, a hot a tub. Um, really? So when clients are doing home deliveries. Uh, a lot of times they rent uh, rent the tub, and so they can have like a water birth at home. Okay, um, I was like, how did they know when they wanted to deliver at home, and they got that house with that giant tub yeah. in there? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so a lot of yeah, so a lot of the birthing mm. centers are just really uh, looking great. So woman really has an option, uh, you know, obviously delivering at the hospital, yeah. and it can be in the hospital with the midwife or with uh, OBGYN, okay. and of course, uh, birthing center or home birth. Yeah. What do you know? I don't know if you know this, but like the percentage, at least in Houston, of how many women birth in a hospital versus a, a birthing center or at home? Um, I don't have the, the, the percentage, but I would say um, just my kind of a guess, yeah. probably 90 8% is hospital birth. Okay, okay. So it's like a, still a really small population that do mm-hmm, this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you, you kind of, um, if I can just say, yeah, uh, you of kind course. of mentioned that, uh, you know, uh, the, the vision is the the woman who is uh, birthing at, at home, that it's really more kind of a granola. Um, and it's really, uh, it's it, that's changing so much too. You know, like we had mm-hmm. a client where 
you know, she pulled up in her Jaguar at the center mm. and, uh, you know, she has high heels and, uh, and we start talking and she's like, yeah, yeah, I just, you know, I just ordered the top. I'm having home oh, birth. I'm like, okay. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> would, would, would not think that, um, you know, and so I think it's, it's changing, but so much, um, and that's what the motherhood center is so much about is, a. Uh, quality study-based um, mm. information, mm-hmm. non-judgmental approach. And so, uh, because birth uh, can be so empowering. Yeah. And so providing the, the environment for the woman where she feels the most empowered to have the experience she wants to have, I yeah. think that's the that's the best way and the best decision to, mm. to, to go with. Well, we are all about like having data to support women and empower them with their health. You know, because mm-hmm. women know more about their health and wellness and what's normal feeling and what's not normal feeling and what are the options, you know, that empowers her to take better care of herself. For sure. And, you know, and just kind of the um, empowerment, you know, knowledge is is a power. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's what I've seen also over the years where it was so hard to just get information besides maybe your OB or, um, you know, what to expect when you're expecting that one book, that one Bible, you know? <laughs> I've even heard and that now, title. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so now you have hundreds of blogs, hundreds mm-hmm. of books, hundreds of experts, thousands of blogs really, and websites and, uh, and apps, which are tracking your pregnancy. And, and I've seen also that, um, because we are so much more technology driven, mm-hmm that um sometimes we feel like this is this is this is now the the bible and and but the thing is mm-hmm. that the technology doesn't know your body yeah. doesn't know your medical history and uh and so we don't want to kind of give in into that um and so one of the things what do we do at the motherhood center just really trusting your instinct follow yeah. your instinct um you know so we don't ever want it to lose that um and, uh, you know, if you think about it, like in 70s, uh, women were laboring by themselves. Dads were not even allowed in the birthing uh, room. Really? You know, yeah. And so, you know, and so now if the dad would not be attending a birth, it's like, what's wrong with him? Yeah, or, you know, if the yeah. partner is not there. So uh, we have evolved um, as, as a society and kind of what's normal and what's not. But yeah. I think trusting your instinct and having a quality information is, is still critical. Totally. Well, it sounds like birthing has changed a lot in the last 50 years. Do you have a prediction for what birthing might look like in another 50 years? Well, what I would like to, yeah, I don't know if it's a prediction, but <laughs> I think uh, if I could just get all the CEOs uh, of all the hospitals uh, in, in the room together, I could just really kind of talk to them more. I think there's an opportunity for all the hospitals to just really kind of change their ways and uh, and to make the hospitals, you know, still with the hospital guidelines and all that mm-hmm. and policies, but just really make uh, make the birthing experience uh, better for for these women, and mm-hmm. and just really kind of listening to what they want, and uh, uh, because that's um, you know I feel like it's such a uh, critical part of, mm-hmm. of. I mean, you can talk to a woman who is eighty years old, and you start talking to her about her birthing experience. Mm-hmm. She starts tearing up. She's, you know, it's just such an emotional mm. uh, time of a woman's life. And uh, a lot of women go through a lot of birth drama, um, you know, and it's and it's a lot of times unnecessary. It could be prevented or avoided. Yeah. Um, and um, and so I think just being able to provide better in- environment for uh, for women in the hospitals. Yeah. And I think the birthing centers are just will just keep growing yeah. uh, because 
um, you know, I mean, it, it is a safe way to, uh, to, to deliver. What are the top three things that you'd like to see changed in the hospital birthing room? Um, you know, I think just, um, you know, even from, uh, for women to be able to have access to, uh, to, um, a, a top, you know, to just birthing in, in the top, um, uh, you know, just being able to eat, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, a lot of times, you know, they are not allowed to eat. And we see that so many times where clients, you know, they go on, you know, on induction at 6 a.m. So they've been there already all night. They cannot eat all mm-hmm. night. And now they are supposed to run a marathon on, on zero food. Is that because you know? they and may have to do a C-section? Mm-hmm. Okay. Basically, you know, and so again, um, and, and statistically, if you would kind of look at things, you know, just how many women really, you know, if they end up having an even emergency C-section, how many, you know, issues there are because she ate or didn't mm. eat, you know, I think it's, I don't think it's it bal- supported. Yeah, it doesn't balance you out. Know? And what's um, the third one? So, this is good. This is really good. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, and I think just being able to have more, uh, more props, you know, uh, I think it's unrealistic uh, to expect women to labor, uh, laying on their back with their legs up, you know, it's just, uh, I mean, there's so many props and that's what the birthing centers are really good about, uh-huh. that they are allowing women to get into, you know, various positions um, and, and utilizing the props. Because if you think about, you know, um, in the animal world, uh-huh. I mean, you know, if you see a, a cow or, you know, a horse birthing, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, they are in, in a sacred space, you know, they are not going to be like right there in the middle of the field, you know, <laughs> yeah. delivering. So, you know, so creating those environments. Uh, so the room is kind of a darker, there is a music, there is a, mm. just the whole, you know, the aromatherapy, you know, there is just, yes. a, we, can, we can create an environment uh, and bring baby to a world, which um, can be just a little bit more kind of a peaceful, yeah. on, on, you know, visually. Um, and, and it still can be in the hospital room. Um, and it's not like they would have to adjust the policy that much more. Yeah. Dim the lights, um, just dim the lights. Mm-hmm. A little. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, what is the natural position for a human to give birth in is on your back the wrong way? Well, I mean, I think it's, uh, because the baby goes through the birth canal and, yeah. uh, you know, pelvis and there's, uh, your hips kind of keep, uh, changing and adapting oh. and kind of, uh, so there's just a, such a, a, a process. Um, yeah. so for some women, you know, squatting, you know, at a part of, uh, throughout the labor, you know, yeah. squatting position can be just very comforting. You know, uh, sometimes it can be on the all fours, it can be on, on a side, yeah. you know, so there's, uh, so there are so many positions. So it's, you know, being, and that's what, uh, part of the problem too is, um, is that uh, once woman is maybe in the hospital, now she's hooked up to the monitors. So now you cannot really yeah. leave your bed um, because you are now on the monitors or you have an IV hooked up, you yeah. know, and so now you are tied. So, you know, adjusting, you know, fine tuning all these little procedures uh, mm-hmm. and processes can allow women to, you know, walk around more and, yeah. and using, you know, squatting bar or, you know, so there's just so many things using the exercise ball. Yeah. So it's not necessarily that there's a right position, a wrong position. It's that women just need to move because mm-hmm. their body exactly. on the inside is moving. And so they just got to yeah. wiggle with it exactly. instead of just being yeah. on their back strapped in. Exactly. Oh. You know, so there's like, 
uh, pelvic squeezes and there's just so many things that um you know the labor doula uh-huh. or the the midwife um or the uh, labor and delivery nurses they can do to to help women to to ease her kind of a discomfort um and wow. uh, throughout throughout the labor if if the tools and uh, and the policies are available there I have learned so much in the last 30 minutes <laughs> about birthing. <laughs> this is really, really interesting. Um, uh, well, we have a few more minutes, and I want to make sure I ask you a few questions that our listeners love to hear. Um, one is that we have a lot of aspiring entrepreneurs wanting to get into femtech, but they don't know what to build, and they don't want to build something redundant that already exists. They want to do something that's really meaningful. So based on your experience, what is something that you really wish somebody would build or do or pilot, you know, that would help women's health and wellness? Well, I mean, I, I think there's a lot of um, a lot of happening and just being in the motherhood uh, world, you know, a lot of the um, new, new gadgets and inventions are a lot of times that moms are just frustrated. It's like, okay, you know, I'm child, you know, this baby bottle or this pacifier is not working. Let me see what I can invent. And uh, so a lot of the mompreneurs is really just kind of growing from from the frustration mm-hmm. uh, that um, maybe the the gadgets are not there. You know, even just uh, something like the motherhood center. You know, you would think you know it would be around, and it was not. And again, it kind of grew from a frustration. Um, I've seen with my clients when I was leaving mm-hmm. their their home after the assignment was over, and all of a sudden they're like, "What are we supposed to do now?" Yeah, like, well, there is some place, and it was not. So, I think just kind of finding, um, uh, you know, just uh, just be kind of proactive, asking uh, people. So whenever you kind of come up with an idea, maybe just having kind of a focus group, because mm-hmm. I've seen also, um, you know, I've been to a lot of different kind of conferences and yeah. uh, and a lot of you know a lot of uh, entrepreneurs. They put a lot of um, time and energy in, in maybe some products and uh, mm-hmm. and realize like oh. There is one already existing, yeah. Or there is yep. already, you know, something, something like that. So just definitely doing the doing the research, mm-hmm. um, um, and uh, and just whatever you decide on, uh, just have the have it uh, passion driven, mm-hmm. uh, because entrepreneurship is uh, is is not uh, is not for the weak. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like and, birthing. Um, You're birthing a yeah, baby, yeah. baby company. It's, yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, and so exactly. <laughs> and so, uh, so just being, uh, you know, whatever you decide, uh, you know, just really, it has to, the, the passion will have to be there. Yeah. And I think there's, uh, I, I think it's, there's just a lot of happening, you know, from kind of the, the, the apps, you know, there's a lot of, I mean, now you can literally like track your pregnancy and, and motherhood and, you know, baby feeding schedule and everything through, through apps. Um, mm-hmm. um, so there is just so, so much already, I feel like happening. Mm-hmm. And so definitely I would say doing the, doing the research, um, and, and just really checking it out. And, and like I said, kind of think having uh, the focus group, because yeah. just because you feel like it's, it's like <laughs> the greatest thing in the world, you know, maybe once you start talking to other people, it's like, well, you know, I, I would buy it, but you know, maybe not. Yeah. Yeah. You got to check so. that stuff out. And I mean, your experience, you know, you know, helping these moms was your market research in the beginning. And you were like, okay, there's way too many moms who want me to stay with them <laughs> after they give birth. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're, I need to scale this up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, for me, because um, I have essentially eight different businesses 
within one company. Wow, and yeah. so each uh, of the departments is operating differently. Like our yoga and fitness program is very different than our nanny and mm. baby nurse program, different than the massage program. And so, um, you know, for me, I had to keep up with all the trends in, in all these different um, uh, areas. So I think, uh, and I guess I'm very lucky in, in, in that way that I was able to merge kind of my passion for pregnancy and, and yeah. babies and my passion for business. Mm-hmm. Um, because you do have to be passionate about the, the business aspect, you know, just yeah. because you created um, this uh, great gadgets or gadget or, you, you, mm-hmm. you know, a, a, a platform, software platform or something. Um, you, you do need to have that kind of a, a business uh, aspect to it. And, and if you don't have that, you know, definitely bringing somebody on your team who is going to be able to have that type of a brain for you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, finding that right partner. And mm-hmm. what do you think femtech as an industry needs the most right now? You know, femtech, the word is a new word in people's vocabulary. What do you think our industry could use the most of right now? Well, I think it's... Um, you know, as much as we are focusing on the, the the women, you know, I think it's just a what what I see a lot because I work with uh, so many professional women mm-hmm. that uh, they are focusing on their career. They are focusing on uh, you know, kind of climbing the ladder and mm-hmm. and you know, buying or selling their businesses. And uh, but they are still mom, mm-hmm. you know. And so uh, so as much as we are kind of drive, you know. We are kind of the driving force, you know, behind, mm-hmm. um, you know, a lot of the inventions, you know, um, kind of finding the, the the balance. And motherhood is not for everybody, but, um, you know, obviously majority of the, the female um, uh, entrepreneurs out there are, you know, moms. Mm-hmm. And so how, and I think, and I see that kind of as a little bit of a struggle. Mm-hmm. You know, I wanted to be this uh, great, successful entrepreneur, you know, female tech world yeah. uh, a person, but also I'm a mom, yeah. you know, and, and I wanted to be a great mom. And so that's something what we see as a little bit of a, and I'm, I might not be answering the question completely. No, it's you know, good. It's good. Yeah. But, but I think it's it's so critical. Um, so we don't have, you know, uh, families raised without moms, which are absent. Yeah. Um, and so finding the, you know, and what I call it, um, I don't like as much the, the word like work-life balance. Uh-huh. Um, I like more like a work-life integration Ooh. because, uh, you know, because when you have balance, something is off, you know, yeah, yeah. and, uh, and the thing is that, you know, if you are re- reaching some deadlines or you have a project you are launching, most likely you are going to be focusing on that and maybe not so much on, on the family for that period of time, but being able to, you know, the next week, okay, I'm all family or, mm-hmm. you know, 80% now is is the, the family time. Um, so I think it's a, you know, as much as, because, I mean, I'm so excited there's so much happening in the in the fem world, mm-hmm. and it might feel like we are just in the beginnings, but I think we are just like in the thick of it, and it's yeah. very exciting. Yeah, and uh, and you know, just really exciting to see. But I don't want us to lose the sight of, you know, a woman being there for for her family and yes. and for herself too. Yeah. You know, because we can, you know, as much as we are kind of a driven, we are still the the nurturer, the provider. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and to me, like, it's critical, the family foundation mm-hmm. and, and the health of the family foundation is, is to me, very, uh, very critical. And, um, and what I've seen, too, and maybe kind of answering to what could be more, what we could do more yeah. of or what's missing. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. We are um, parenting classes. 
Uh huh. You know, there's. Uh, I just got a message from a lady um, on on LinkedIn, and she's like, uh, we connected, and she's like, well, I'm actually kind of mature mom. I have a five year old and seven year old. What can you, uh, you know, offer me? You know, mm-hmm. what do you have a parenting classes? You know, for us. Oh, you know. Um, yeah. And so. So if you Google, um, if you search on, on the internet, there's very few parenting classes. So like post-newborn, so, like you have mm-hmm. a three-year-old, you have a five-year-old, seven-year-old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, our focus is really kind of the, the pregnancy through like uh, the first three years, Yeah. Uh, kind of through the to- toddlerhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, you know, if you have a 10-year-old, if you have a teenager, there's not really like a, a, a parenting class for you to attend. Yeah. You know, and so I think there is a great opportunity um, because if, you, if we lose the, the, the parenting aspect mm-hmm. uh, in our society and, and kind of the morals, you know, everything will start falling apart. Yeah. I mean, where's the classes about, okay, you have a a girl entering, you know, puberty, she's going to get her period. Here's a webinar on how to talk to her Mm -hmm. about it. Or your kid is starting to have sex. How do you deal with that? Or yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Exactly. You know, so I think maybe that's kind of a, to to answer your initial question, you know, what, what's, what's out there, what, where are the opportunities? You know, it could be even a, in a parenting, um, like really more structured parenting programs, Mm -hmm. And, um, and, uh, so yeah, so that might be an opportunity. Yeah, definitely. Well, this has been seriously so much fun. I, I learned a lot. I still have more questions. Luckily I'm friends with you, so I can ask them, (laughs) (laughs) but this has been really, really awesome. Thank you so much for your time and what you do at the motherhood center. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity to to share. And uh, yes, I'm I'm available. Just call me at any time. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Gabby, I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to my interview with Gabriella Gerhardt, CEO and founder of The Motherhood Center. You can check out her store and her online classes at themotherhoodcenter.com. I really invite anyone listening to this to really think about how can we innovate the delivery room. I was so inspired by what Gabby said that women should not be delivering on their backs, strapped in using, you know, IVs. We should be using props, exercise balls, you know, rolling around, you know, the woman's body should be able to move how she needs to um, with her hips widening and a baby birthing from her vagina, right? Like, how can we innovate that delivery room? I was also really, you know, just shocked about women not being able to eat because of the potential for a C-section. These women are going through the most intense exercise of their life. They need nutrition uh, and energy for that for that, you know, huge, intense feat of human power. And so please, let's talk about how do we innovate delivery rooms in the hospital? This seems super, super important. Well, I'm always leaving you with ideas of what to work on. And that's what this podcast is all about. If you want to share your ideas with us or tell us about other things you think need innovating, please support us by following and reaching out to us on social. We're on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. It's at Femtech Focus. Also, you could support the podcast by subscribing, rating, and reviewing us and sharing it with a friend. Until next time, keep innovating because remember, improving women's health and wellness improves everyone's health and wellness.